Every single day is a battle. Are you training for it? In order to train for this right, you have to know your core, your core values, the core of your body, the core of your mind. If you don't do that, you're going to lose. And not just lose for yourself. You're going to lose the impact you can make on the generations to come. Welcome to Core of Conduct. What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be back. I am going to talk about a pretty aggressive topic today. Um, It's commonly known as the elephant in the room for most women here. Uh, Before I get into it, I just want to have a disclaimer that this is going to be based off of my opinion. I'm not medically certified to talk about eating disorders or disordered eating uh, on, on the way to diagnose people, but I'm a health coach. I've also been in the personal training world and I've had my own experiences as an athlete around this. I've seen it a lot and I've been through my own types. So again, this is not a medicinal podcast. This is, I'm pulling some definitions from medical websites, but if you need help or if you need, uh, know somebody that needs help, I would go get a professional in the medical field. So we're going to talk about, like I talked like I said earlier, eating disorders versus disordered eating. A lot of people get those mixed up. The target audience I usually have for these types of topics is collegiate athletes, specifically women collegiate athletes, because that's where I saw some of my um, good friends go through some stuff, and that's kind of where I went through my own stuff. So I was really passionate about it when I left college and still am. However, today I have seen a lot of issues start to begin in high school because the pressure is so high for young athletes to get into college that the so much pressure is there. The training volume has increased significantly since I've been in high school. And so the demands on these poor little high school people, people, well, I, I want to include boys in this, so that's why I said people, not just girls, but... Um, They're developing eating disorders or disordered eating habits prior to coming into college, and then they have issues in college, and then sometimes after college, which is what I want to prevent in this world. And again, it's not just runners. There's a lot of sports like volleyball, basketball, uh, track athletes in the sprinting side and in the mid-D side. There's soccer people out most women have dealt with some sort of issue with eating. I don't know one woman in my 29 years of living who has had a perfect relationship with food. If they say that they've had a perfect relationship with food their whole life, I believe that they're lying because that's, I just don't believe it. But if that's you, good for you. Teach us how because you should spread your knowledge because there's a huge increase in eating disorders. So you need to open your mouth and tell us how you're having the most perfect relationship with food. But anyway, so I want to get into the true definitions of some terminology here. What happens is, based off of like some of the research that I've done and things that I've just observed, is disordered eating isn't an all-out, full-blown eating disorder. Uh, Eating disorders have very specific characteristics and behaviors that go along with those. And so we really, especially as women, need to be careful not pinpointing or pointing the finger or judging someone for having an eating disorder right away, Um, especially if you're not a 
even if you don't even know them. That's just rude. But typically, it's disordered eating first. So let's define these terms based off the National Eating Disorder Association blog. Disordered eating is when people tend to eat when they're not hungry. So when they're bored or if they're an emotional eater, if they're pretty concerned about their body image, if they start compulsively obsessing over calories, that is a type of disordered eating rather than having a healthy relationship with food, which they term as eating when they're hungry, knowing when to stop when you're full, knowing when your body needs a certain macronutrient and providing that macronutrient and not restricting that from your body. Um, and like I said, disordered eating typically leads, if not helps, to an eating disorder, which then comes down to functionality, meaning that there's eating patterns taking away from the normal function of life. So that typically occurs in isolation, compulsive exercise, compulsive food obsession, calorie counting, competing with other girls and their body shape, and things like that. So again, being careful about what you term as. And also, uh, what I like about this blog is the woman who wrote it said, judging only by these behaviors is insufficient because there's so many other factors that come into that. So again, placing a label on someone, I hate when people do that because they, most of the time people don't have the facts, they're just eyeballing that person. So it's really important that if you don't know the person, you need to back off. If you know the person and you're caring for that person, then you work with that person and start observing their behaviors and you talk to the appropriate people. So I'm going to start off again with kind of my personal experience with this. Uh, when I was running pretty competitively, I never really had an issue when I was younger. I kind of just ate as my body felt. And when I started doing some more research on how to get faster because I had gained the freshman 15 for sure which is totally fine a lot of people do it but I noticed and I felt it and I was getting left behind and so I started doing some of my own research and once I started researching I I shifted the way I approached food which in the beginning wasn't a bad thing um, because I did need to get back down to my healthy weight However, once I got there, it almost became this competitive thing. It, it's really a weird psychology where I just became pretty strict with what I was doing. I didn't ever avoid a certain macronutrient. I just became super, super clean. Um, and I also started to kind of track where my body was and what I would eat the morning of and how I would perform and then kind of adjust from there. And again, that's not... A bad thing but it became a bad thing because I kind of became obsessed with it and that's what I always was thinking and wanting to document um, and so I believe that I had disordered eating for a while there and I was pretty concerned about like what other people started thinking about me when they started using inappropriate terms and like confronting me in weird ways so that's what I want to talk about because I want to prevent people from going through what I went through. So, you know, I think disordered words are also pretty prevalent in our society. So what I mean by disordered words is that we have convoluted certain ways to manipulate how to tell someone to gain weight. So, for example, you know, the word strong, the true definition of strong is having the power to move heavy things 
and or withstand great force. That's what strong means. However, people were telling me, you need to get stronger, which in my mind was like, that's you telling me to gain weight, so I'm not going to do it. So strong does not mean gain weight, people. Strong means having power to move heavy things and withstand great force. Now, gaining weight can lead to getting stronger if it's the case where you need to gain weight, right? So they are related, but they don't mean the same thing. And so it's really important that we're using the correct words and that um, medical professionals are aware that these words may not have the impact that they're trying to have. Um, also, fit does not mean skinny. Um, fit actually is termed by the dictionary as meeting a required purpose. And so when people say, like, I'm just fit, like, they're, what they're meaning most of the time is, like, I'm skinny and I am in shape. But it doesn't mean that. It means meeting, able to meet a required purpose. So if you are like me, like if I, so in my circumstance, I continued, you know, to increase my miles but not increase my caloric intake. So if I was a normal person, if you looked at my food and I didn't run the amount of miles I ran during that phase of my life, you would think like that's a perfect amount of food for the sedentary person and it would be. However, with the amount of exercise I was doing plus weightlifting, it was my my body wasn't fit. It wasn't requ it wasn't meeting the required purpose because I was deteriorating. And sure, I was fast for a while, but fast doesn't always last, especially when you do it like this. And I can prove it through many things. So I'll get to that. The third word I want to go over is healthy. Like you need to get healthy. So again, gaining weight and healthy are related, but they do not mean the same thing. So healthy does not mean gain weight. And so again, if you're using that with someone who's already struggling with that, like you need to get healthier, then they're just going to all of a sudden like have an anti-healthy view, viewpoint of that word because they're thinking that you need to tell them to gain weight. Healthy means in good health. So again, if your body's functioning, your hormones are well, your muscles are well, your bones are well, then you're in good health. The problem is, is that most of the time, especially at my age, at that time where I was going through, all I cared about was winning and doing well and running. I really didn't know what was going on with my bones. I didn't know anything about hormones. Um, so it, it would appear like I was like an athlete on the outside, but on the inside I was a hurting girl. And I didn't know that until I completely fractured my calcaneal bone. And that's because my bones were trying to find fuel and it just eventually broke. So I think the way to prevent this is again, being educated on what fuel does within your body. Um, what are signs of disordered eating? Don't label yourself automatically and be like, Oh my God, I struggle with body image. Therefore I have disordered eating. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, be aware of like how you're reacting and how your relationship is with food because it can change any moment of your life. And a lot of people don't want to dig that deep. And it's just like, in a, once again, like this food thing with relationships with boys or girls, whatever it is, you, you can have a healthy relationship, but sometimes your life shifts and you 
the relationship change changes. It can change in a dangerous way. It can change in an isolated way, and it can change in an abusive way. Like I don't know. Like it. Like I. Like that same parallel example. Your relationship with food can change instantly. So you always have to be aware of what you're doing and how you're reacting and what example that you're setting. So um, once I fractured my calcaneal bone, I obviously couldn't run anymore. And it was really sad. And it took me taking a step back and getting so sick of seeing walls. I, I hate, well, I don't hate the pool now, but I started to hate the pool. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be on a bike. I don't want to be on an elliptical. But I had put myself there. Like my body wouldn't have to be there if I realized where I was going with my relationship with food. So I got really lucky that it happened to me in a short amount of time. And I was able to catch my hormones before they completely got disrupted. I was able to understand quickly how my body metabolizes fuel, why every macronutrient is super important. And that's why I ended up doing this exercise science degree because I really want the depth knowledge because people need to care more about what's happening inside their body than what's happening outside. And I, I wish I could go back in time and educate myself as a young girl, but I think that's our opportunity now is to educate young girls what is actually going on inside your body, not outside. Um, some other lessons that I learned is accepting your body type. So not only with myself, but with some of my friends, they are, they are built differently. And so if you are forcing your body to be something else, it will rebel against you and you're going to get madder at it and your relationship food is, with food is going to probably get worse. And so just accepting what your body was genetically made for is super important. So, you know, after I got hurt, I started educating myself. I started fueling myself um, appropriately and understanding um, that my lifestyle is going to change, especially once I got a full-time job. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I know how to fuel myself now. I got a, like, pretty extensive education with this. So I'm going to train myself to be an 800-meter runner, which is hysterical if you know me because I am not built to be an 800 meter runner in fact um my 800 meter time like the best of all time is the same 800 mile split I ran in a mile so I was running faster 800 meters in a mile than I would just a plain 800 my point is is that I am not genetically equipped to have the 800 meter um excellence uh performance and like I could run a good 800 for Alexa, but I can't compare myself out there to people who are running, breaking two minutes as females an 800 because I just wasn't genetically built up with type 2 muscle fibers. I, I mean, I, I have type 2, but not as much. Um, I have more type 1. And so, yeah, I, I had to, even after I learned how to feel myself. I just had to learn to teach myself, like accepting what my body was built for. And my body is built for either mid distance, like mile, not 800, but mile or higher, uh, as where I excel in. And so like, you need to look at you, like, do you excel in shorter distances? Do you excel in like basketball or volleyball or a different power sport? So that's something that we all need to not wish, but accept.
So not do what not what do you want to be, but who are you? And then love it and accept it. Um, the next thing is do unto others. That's my favorite golden rule, as you would yourself. So if you're noticing other people being weird about food and kind of not normal and it's striking a chord with you, typically there's a couple reactions that go along with this. It's either competitive or it's you want to move away from them or you want to challenge them. And all three of those reactions are completely normal. It's just you need to understand your place with that person and you also need to know the timing. Timing is super important. You also need to be fragile because if they're in an eating disorder phase, you need help um, from a bigger being, someone more qualified than you because that, at that point is a mental thing. But what I mean by do unto others is exactly what the golden rule states. Like if you were in that girl's shoes or that boy's shoes and you were struggling, would you want someone to isolate you? Would you want someone to push you away? Or would you want someone to give you grace, to give you prayers, to give you kindness and refrain from judgment? And I get that that can be hard, especially if you've struggled with disordered eating or eating disorders before, because it could be easy to catch on or start questioning yourself about what you're doing, especially if they're excelling in what they're doing at the time. Um, but that's on you. Like if you're, if you are taking on their behaviors or if you're starting to isolate them because you think you're going to catch their behaviors and maybe you should analyze yourself and like figure out what, what internal boundaries rather than external boundaries you need to have so that you don't fall into that trap. Because again, that's not her fault or his fault. That's your, that's your challenge is not to go into that. So just give people grace, give them truth. If you're their friends or if they, if you're their mother or somewhat close to a mother, you have to give them truth. Because with every piece of grace comes a lot of truth. And after that, with a lot of truth, you have to provide grace. So just make sure that you're doing that. Um, going back into word choice, that's really important if you're talking to somebody that's struggling with this. Like we talked about, I would much rather have someone told me, like, you need to gain weight, rather than telling me, you need to get healthier and stronger. Because... Again, in my mind, I was just like, they're secretly telling you to gain weight. And then all of a sudden, strong and healthy became weird terms to me um, before I understood what they actually meant and like what the body does with that. So word choice, super important. If you're struggling it through yourself, self-talk is huge. Um, even if you're not like an extreme disordered eating, it's really important that you're not joking about things. Like when I worked at my past gym, people would be like, say something that they would think was a joke, but kind of wasn't really funny to me at least. And it wasn't really funny to other people around them. They'd be like, Oh, I'm just, just a fat cow this weekend. And like, they'd laugh about it, but that perpetuates negative energy and energy is so contagious guys. We have to be careful with our jokes because every little joke is a little bit of truth. And so if you said that and you're in pretty good shape, and then someone who doesn't feel like they're in good shape and you say that around them, they're like, well, if she thinks that about herself, what does she think about me? And that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot to think about. And people, some people uh, confronted me on, on that stance where they're like, well, they need to learn not to take it so personally. And I agree to a point because you also need to learn like how you actually view yourself and you take that responsibility on just being a human. It's called humanity. 
you take on a responsibility to be a good example and a good human when you're put on this earth. So we all have a we all have an ethical what's the word I'm trying to use? We all have an ethical requirement to be good people and to be good to ourselves as well. Um, another thing is, uh, I titled it Shut the Fuck Up, <laughs> because people speak too much in this world. Um, I'm not sure where this derives from, but sometimes I think people just are bored or they're insecure about themselves, so they like hyper-focus on other people, um, but... I mean, I was out with a couple of friends, and I ordered a salad, and people were like, oh, she's too good to eat french fries, or she needs to eat a hamburger because she's too skinny, and it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I want a salad right now. Is that a crime? If you're so worried about it, order a salad. Like, you know, it's just like, don't dig on me because I'm listening to my body and what it needs. And on the flip side, this was actually probably one of the worst social media experiences I've ever had. Um, because as a personal trainer, everyone thinks that, you know, you eat perfect and you don't eat bad things. Well, I'm doing bad things in quotations because I don't, I no longer believe that there's bad things because I just like everything now. But, um, <laughs> this one time I went out to dinner with some of my, my people that I was personal training and I ordered a hamburger and some sweet potato fries and they all got out their cameras posted a picture of me taking this big-ass bite of my hamburger and posted on social media and said, look at our trainers doing. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously, you can't win, especially if you're a personal trainer. You literally can't win. If you order a salad, you have a problem. If you order a burger, you also have a problem. So anyway, that's a huge piece of, like, my code here. Just shush. Like, unless, again, you have the moral right and the friendship right or the birthright or the mother right like, or, or someone who's super close to this person, if you truly feel like there's a problem, you need to say something. But if you're just saying something just to say something, don't. And just because people order a certain thing doesn't mean they have disordered eating. Um, again, educating yourself is huge, especially about the fuel. Not so much that you set yourself in an analysis paralysis, because that's what happened to me. It's like, I over-researched, and I was like, oh, over-obsession, like, I can't do this. It has to be a certain amount of this. Um, I, I got myself an analysis paralysis, so I was super hyper-focused. So I think educating yourself broadly, because so many things change. Like if your training changes, your food has to change. If your lifestyle changes, your food has to change. If, you know, you all of a sudden de develop like Crohn's or gluten intolerance, then your food has to change. So you just need to be adaptable with a broad sense of education and knowing that each macronutrient, carbs, protein, fat, totally all serve a purpose and so for those of you who are athletes out there you know your body's number one fuel source is carbs okay so you got to get those in and your brain loves fat it works off of fat so please don't ignore that and you're if you want to look toned and if you want to move big things and flip tires and lift heavy weights you got to have protein so educate yourself about that Okay, and also realize that when you educate yourself, the reason why I would prefer people to do it broadly is because if you narrow your focus, then you're like, uh-oh, well, this article said this, but this article said this, what do I do? It's a he said, she said at that time. So just take the information at a high level and more importantly, say, okay, does this fit my lifestyle? Is this sustainable? 
If so, then go for it. But remember, if you're forcing it, that doesn't mean it's sustainable. That means you're forcing it. So there's a difference there. Um, I think, too, like the next one is telling the truth. Don't allow the elephants to arrive in the room. Just say the truth and don't avoid it. You know, you you, you got to have grace for these people. Don't avoid these people. If, you're, if you are those people struggling, don't isolate yourself. It's going to make it worse. Like, don't, don't create an elephant. Okay, and then... Two more, stick with me. Success doesn't last. I mean, you saw that with my little story of um, breaking my calcaneal bone. That really sucked, and that hurts. Um, it's a really hard place to get blood flow, so it took a while to heal, and it still kind of gives me trouble, and I'm 29. That happened in my early 20s. So really important that um, you, you know, when you see these um, quote-unquote skinny athletes being super fast or really good at whatever they're doing, it really doesn't last. I mean, again, inside, like, there's osteopenia or osteoporosis possibly going on. There might be, like, some intolerances or hormone imbalances that are, like, being brought upon by this disorder eating or eating disorder. So they, you need to just stay on your own track and focus on you and realize that continue to educate yourself for your own body and for your own goals. And again, guys... Sports also don't last, and not only does success not last, but sports don't last, and that's really hard for people to hear when, like, that's what they're basically getting paid to do, but there is life outside of sports, and you want your body to be ready for that. For those of you who want to be mothers, like, your, your body, it really takes, trust me, I'm going through it right now. I have never been through so much, like, tiredness, fatigue, and, like, morning sickness, and, like, my body just totally shifting, and your body really needs to be prepared to create a placenta, to create a fetus. It's a lot of work. But it can't do that without the necessary fuel. If you don't want to be a mom, that's totally fine. But maybe you just want to be like a normal functioning human and being able to do your sport whenever you graduate or whenever you stop your professional career or whenever you stop working out super hard at a gym. Um, that's going to take you having a good nutrition plan and like a, like a healthy relationship with food so that you can do it for the rest of your life. Um, so again, the, like those competitive sports don't last and that's not gonna be your job forever. So just make sure that you're planning for the future, just like a 401k, right? Like most people are investing in an IRA or a 401k because they're planning for the future. Why people don't plan for the future with their bodies is crazy to me. So start planning your 401k for your body by preparing yourself that after that fourth year in college or fifth year in college, you got another like tens of years to live. So make sure you're planning and investing in that. Um, and lastly, don't idolize people who you think will have the perfect body, whether that's your personal trainer, whether it's a famous athlete or whatever it is, just don't idolize them because then you start to try to do what they do. And that's, probably not what's right for your body. I really like Shalane Flanagan. I think she's awesome. She's a great athlete. What I've seen happen though is with this new book that she's come out with, um, Run Fast, Eat Slow, or something like that, um, it's affecting a lot of high schoolers, surprisingly. Um, I was talking to some of my friends out here in Colorado, and it's, it's shocking how many high schoolers have this book. And they're following her little diets to a T, but they're not realizing, like, those serving sizes in the book might not be enough for them. 
or it might be too restrictive for them. And so, again, I don't think that was her intention when she wrote the book. I think she's just trying to educate and, and provide empowerment. But these little girls idolize Shalane, so they're going to do anything that she says. And that's really dangerous. And, like, it doesn't even have to be someone famous. It could be someone on your team that you're idolizing. Oh, they're so fast. They got this time. And then I'm going to do what she does. Well, again, you can fall into the trap of that's probably not the best thing to do for your body. Even if they're at a healthy weight and at a healthy relationship with food, what they do is completely different because they're genetically wired differently than you. So just don't idolize people. Um, and then the last thing... Is, is that people are always looking up to you, whether you want it to again. Again, going back to that humanity piece, it's just, it is just humanity. People are always looking up to you, and we have a responsibility to set the bar and set it high. If you're struggling, don't worry about setting the bar. Get healthy first and then set the bar. It's okay not to be okay, um, but it's not okay to stay in that dark place. It's not okay to just keep doing the things that you're doing. So, you know, no one's going to judge you for asking for help. No one's going to judge you for changing your diet routine. Um, I'm going to hook up an article by Allison Linnell in my description of my podcast. I would love it if people read it. It's pretty powerful and kind of like I was talking about, success doesn't last if you take your eating to a different disordered level. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I... I love you guys, and I love every woman out there. I love every guy out there, too, that might be going through this or have gone through it. And we just need to empower each other and educate each other through it all. So if you have any questions, let me know.